0: The student ministry podcast you're about to hear is a sermon preached by Pastor Josh Ermler at the 2010 West Coast Baptist Teen Camp. Brother Ermler is a graduate of West Coast Baptist College and is the pastor of the Ambassador Baptist Church in Fresno, California. And we hope this message will be a blessing to you. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. Today in Genesis chapter number 6, we're going to look at something else that drives a lot of teenagers. Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the driving forces of, and this is what we're going to talk about today, of logic. Now, I know to some of you, you may say, what is, what are you talking about? And I'm going to explain it here right now. There are some teenagers and maybe even some in this room right now, and your life is driven by what makes sense to you. That is, you'll do what the Bible says to do if it makes sense. But if the Bible tells you to do something that doesn't make sense to you, then you don't do it. You'll obey your parents when it makes sense to you. But if your parents ask you to do something and you say, well, that doesn't make any sense to me, you don't do it. Because in your life, you are driven by logic. You're driven by what makes sense in your brain. Now, I want to be very careful on how I put this across. I'm not trying to imply that you should not think. In fact, you can go throughout the entire word of God and you'll find that it is very important that teenagers think and that they spend time really studying. And I'm not trying to imply this, but what I am saying is as 12 and 13 and 14-year-olds, there's going to sometimes be things in the Bible that God commands you to do that you just don't understand. Here's the question. In that moment, when God asks you to do something that you don't understand, what are you going to do? Are you going to obey God even though you don't understand? Or are you going to say, you know what, I'm going to allow my life to be driven by logic, by what makes sense to me. You know, there's a lot of teenagers that get into a whole lot of trouble. You want to know why? Because they're always doing what makes sense to them. Well, I would do what my parents tell me to do, but my parents are stupid. Man, if I do what my parents tell me to do, I'll never have any friends. If I do what my parents tell me to do, I'll never be happy. If if I do what my parent if I do what my youth pastor tells me to do, man, I'll be so bored all the time. Man, if I do what the Bible tells me to do in that passage, man, my life would be awful. And so you allow logic You allow what makes sense in your brain to be the ultimate driving force in your life. In fact, you allow your brain logic to be a bigger driving force than even the Word of God. I want to remind you of this. We're going to look at an illustration of this today. That if you're not careful, if you allow what makes sense in your brain to be a bigger driving force than the Word of God, you are destined for destruction. We're going to look at a story about a guy who was asked by God to do something that didn't make any sense whatsoever. All right, we're going to look at it and we're going to find out what he did. So let's stand out of respect for God's word for just a moment. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit. You're real familiar with the story. You've heard this before. But here's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter number six, beginning in verse number five. And God saw that The wickedness of man was great on the earth. So there was tons of evil and wicked people living on the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of men's heart was only evil continually. Skip down to verse number 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 13. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher woods, room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Now skip down to verse number 22. Thus. Did Noah, he obeyed, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. You may be seated for just a moment. Here Noah was asked to do something that by human standards didn't make any sense. In fact, as you read the word of God, you'll find up to this time in history, there really there had been no rain on the earth. Can you imagine God speaking to to Noah here? Hey, I want you to build an ark. And you can almost sense Noah kind of scratching his head saying, God, what's an ark? Well, it's a a big boat. And you can almost imagine Noah saying, but God, why do I need to build a boat? And God saying, well, because I'm going to make it rain. And Noah's sitting here thinking, rain? What? What is rain? Up until this portion in history, the Bible tells us that the earth was watered through dew and through underground fountains. There had not been a time where rain had come down upon the earth. And so Noah's scratching his head and he's saying, rain, what's rain? And God says, it's literally like water that falls from the sky. And Noah's scratching his head saying, water that's fallen from the sky. What's this all about? I've never heard such a thing. And God began to ask Noah to do something that didn't make any sense, humanly speaking. And Noah had to make a choice. Was he going to obey his intellect? Was he going to obey his logic? His intellect said, wait a second, there's not been rain, there's not going to be a flood. Making a boat, that doesn't make any sense. Or was he going to obey the word of God? If you were in that situation, what would you have done? You say, well, if I started building a boat, everybody would be laughing. They'd be like, Noah, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. <laughs> Why? Well, this water is going to fall from the sky. Water's going to fall from the sky. Really, Noah? Man, you can just imagine all of Noah's friends just starting to joke with him and make fun of him and and tease him. And I want to ask you, what would you have done in that situation? Would you have allowed intellect to drive your decisions or would you have allowed God's word to drive your decisions? Just talk to me for a second. What would you have done? (laughs) A little trick question here. To be honest, most of us here would probably say, we would say, I would obey God. How many of you think you said, say, I, I, I just obey God? <laughs> how many of you'd say, that would probably be the right thing to do, to obey God? Raise your hand. You'd say, that would be, that's, that's probably the right thing to do. You'd put your hands down. Here's my question. Why is it then, when God's word says for you to do something as a teenager, and all of a sudden you think, oh, that doesn't make any sense, how come you don't obey God when it comes to other areas of your life? How come you allow your intellect and your logic to drive you in smaller areas? I want to make a couple of statements here. If you've got a pen and a piece of paper, I hope you can write these down. Isaiah chapter number 55 verse 8 is very interesting. Here's what the word of God says. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. He goes on to say, neither my ways are. Your ways, saith the Lord. God says, I am so smart. I am so brilliant. I am so intellectual that, you know what? Your thoughts could not even come close to the thinking that I have. Proverbs chapter number 3, verse 5. You don't have to turn there. You can just listen, maybe write them down and look at them later. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now get this. And lean not to thine own understanding. How many of you guys know teenagers that are always leaning to their own understanding? They're always doing what makes sense to them. They're always just following their own logic and their own intellect. And oftentimes in doing so, they disregard the word of God. You see, guys, if you're not careful, you will allow your intellect, you'll allow your personal logic to be the number one driving force in your life. And if your parents ask you to do something, you think about it. Well, does that make sense to me? And what's sad is we've got Seventh graders and eighth graders who really, whose brains, sociologically speaking, your brains are still in a state of development. How many of you realize, and this is a scientific fact, now this is crazy, but man, you read scientific fact, until you're about 16 or 17 years old, your brain is actually still growing. How many, now this is going to sound horrible, but how many of you realize, did you, how many of you know that your brain's not all there yet? Did you know that? How many of you did not know that? Raise your hand. You said I did not know that. You may put your hands down. And I'm not being mean, and I'm not being rude. You study the science, you'll see that your brain is not all there yet. And that's I'm not trying to be mean, and I'm not trying to be rude. It's just a scientific fact. Your brain is still in a in a in a, in a, in a development. It's still emerging. It's still growing. And when you get to be about 16, 17, 18 years old, 19, you emerge into adult, your brain becomes fully developed. But here's what's crazy is we have 12-year-olds with half a brain, not being mean, but scientifically speaking, your brain's still growing, it's still emerging, it's still developing, it's not all there yet, if I can use that term. And yet you think to yourself, I know better than God. And God's looking down and says, I haven't even given you all your brain yet. And what I'm trying to say is this, when you're 12 and 13 years old, yes, use the brain that God's given you, think through some things, but don't allow your personal intellect to be the driving force in your life. Because some of you, you're listening to preaching going on this week and you're saying to yourself, that doesn't make any sense to me. And can I say this? Yeah, it's not going to always make sense to you. So you've got to ask yourself, who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe my own intellect or am I going to believe the word of God? And guys, this morning, you're going to have to make a choice as to what the driving force in your life is going to be. Is it going to be personal intellect or is it going to be the word of God? And you're going to have to make that choice. Who are you going to trust more, your own thinking or the thinking of almighty God? Who are you going to trust? You see, Noah had to make a decision. Noah had to say, am I going to trust my own brain? My own brain says there's no rain. My own brain says, wait a second, the whole earth covered with a flood? That doesn't make any sense. And so Noah had to make a decision. Who was he going to trust? You know, who did Noah end up trusting? Who? God. He trusted God. He trusted God. heard the story recently, and I read it. It's a man by the name of John Gobroth. He wrote an autobiography called A Life in Our Times. He was a man who worked in the White House many, many years ago, and he was telling a story about a lady, Emily Wilson, who was like a maid or a housekeeper there in his home, in his mansion that he lived in while he worked at the White House. And one day, he came home, John came home, and he was really tired. He had had a long day working in politics. He was extremely tired. And he told the maid, he told this Emily Wilson, he said, I don't care who calls, I don't care who comes to the house, I have got to get some rest, I have to sleep. He said, don't bother me, don't wake me up. When I, when I wake up, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know that I'm awake, and then you can send people, or you can, I'll send the calls through. And so he went to rest, and a few minutes later, all of a sudden, the phone rings. And guess who it was? The president of the United States of America. And the president said to uh, uh, Emily here, he said, get me Ken on the phone right now. It's an emergency. And guess what? uh, Guess what uh, Emily here did? You know, the uh, the maid, she said, you know what? I can't. He said he didn't want to be disturbed. She said that to the president of the United States of America. And. She said, I don't work for you, Mr. President. I work for John. I guess when John called back to the president, the president was so excited. He said, you know what? I want to hire Emily here at the White House. Man, to see a person who's that loyal is a wonderful thing. And she was willing to be loyal to her boss, even when it didn't make some sense. And it ended up that she got hired at the White House for her loyalty. You know, sometimes the prince of this world is going to call you up. The devil is going to try to dial in your number. The devil is going to try to whisper in your ear and say, hey, listen, you don't need to obey God. You don't need to obey the word of God. You don't need to obey your authorities. And you need to make a decision. Who am I going to trust? Am I going to trust the word of God? Or am I going to trust what makes sense in my own brain? Am I going to be driven by my own intellect? Guys, you've got to make a choice. Because there are teenagers all across the world right now and they're making choices based on their very own intellect. They're saying, well, this makes sense to me, and that makes sense to me, and they're, de- they're destroying their lives because instead of listening to the Word of God, they're listening to their own intellect. And the problem is your intellect, and I'm going to say this, my intellect is flawed. Can I say this? I'm an adult. In some respects, my brain is fully emerged. But there are times when I'm reading this book and it doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if you've ever had this, Brother Joey. You're reading the Bible, and you're like, I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. And in those moments, I have to make a choice. Am I going to trust God? Am I going to follow God's plan? Or am I going to follow my own intellect, what makes sense to me? And you're going to have to do this as a teenager. And I'm going to say this. You're going to have to do it as an adult. And yet, if you're not careful, and you begin creating habits where you're driven by your intellect, guess what? You're going to see that time and time again, your life breaks down on the highway of life. Because our intellect is flawed, but God's word is perfect. Who are you trusting today? Noah was willing to trust God's word. One statement, write this down if you've got it. Noah listened to God's word when it didn't make sense. Noah listened to God's word when it didn't make sense. Are you listening? Guys, can I ask you this question? Do you listen when preaching's going on? Or do you like zone out? Are you listening to God's word? Or are you thinking about games? Are you thinking about, man, that girl that you saw from that other church or that guy you saw from that other church? Or, or, or do you really listen when the word of God is being spoken? Do you get up in the morning and open up the pages of the Bible so you can listen to God speak to your heart that morning? Or do you just kind of, I don't need to read the Bible. Who are you listening to? I heard the story, maybe you've heard it before, about Franklin Roosevelt. And Franklin Roosevelt was once the president of the United States of America, and he would often complain to his wife that nobody really listened to anything that he had to say. And that really when people came around him, they would, they would be so nervous or whatever that they would just kind of, they really wouldn't listen to the things he was saying. So one day he tried a little experiment and he was shaking hands with a lot of important people as they walked by. And he wanted to prove to his wife that nobody really listened to anything he really said. So as these people were walking by and they were shaking his hand, what he decided to do is he would just say to them very quietly and kind of in a nonchalant type of way, he would say, I murdered my grandmother this morning. <laughs> It was so funny, one by one, as these dignitaries were walking by, they would say things like, oh, that's wonderful, and they'd keep walking. (laughs) And so he'd say it again, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And they'd walk by, and they'd say, keep up the great work. (laughs) And then the next diplomat would walk by, and they would say, we're so proud of you. And all he was saying is, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And nobody was listening to a word he had to say, until finally, at the very end of the line, was a diplomat from Bolivia. And obviously, he caught it. He was actually listening, and he leaned over and whispered in the president's ear, Well, I'm sure she had it coming to her. (laughs) You know, the truth is sometimes we don't listen to our ruler. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we're just like those people who were listening, who were walking by the president. We shake hands and we're cordial, but we're really not listening to our ruler. We're not listening to our king. Can I ask you this question? Are you listening to your king when the preaching of God's word is going forward? Do you really listen? Or do you just kind of zone out? Guys, when you're at home at your youth groups and your youth pastors are standing up and they're preaching the word of God, can I say this? You need to listen to that. You need to listen when the word of God is being preached, when your pastor is preaching on a Sunday morning and he's sharing the word of God. Guys, you may be in seventh grade and you may be in eighth grade, but you need to listen to the word of God. Are you listening? Remember those old commercials, the Verizon commercials? Can you hear me now? Remember those ones? Can you hear me now? Remember those? Sometimes I wonder if not God's looking down and saying, can you, are you hearing me now? Are you hearing me? Guess what? What would have happened to Noah if he would not have listened to God? What would have happened? He would have died. And you know what? The Bible is very clear in Ephesians chapter number 6 verse 1. That young people who don't listen to God, young people who don't obey their authorities, the Bible says their lives are cut short but those that are obedient to authority, those are obedient to mothers and fathers, they shall have a long life. Children, obey your parents and lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. There's a promise to obeying and listening to the authorities in your life. Are you listening to God? Are you listening to him? You see God is a powerful messenger. He's powerful messenger. Tell me a little bit about what makes God so powerful. Tell me, just talk to me for a second. Somebody lift their hands. Tell me some things that makes God so powerful. What are some things he can do that makes him so powerful? Yes. He controls how the universe works. In a theological term, we would call that he's omniscient. That is, he's all-powerful. He's powerful over all the earth. He's powerful over all the universe. And and a theological, deep theological term would be he's omniscient. That's, That's a good one. Somebody else. What? He performs miracles. Once again, he's all powerful. Did you know this? When it comes to God, he's also all knowing. The word's called omniscient. It's a deep word, omniscient. But it means he's all knowing. Can I say this? God knows the future how many of you knew that and if god knows the future doesn't it make sense that we should listen to him if think about it what about if you could just know all the future wouldn't that be how many of you think would that be pretty cool if you'd know the future i don't know about you man that would be that would be pretty awesome if i if i knew like all the stocks on the stock market that were going to go way up tomorrow or next week or the next year That'd be pretty cool to know that. How many of you would say, man, you'd be a pretty rich man if you knew the future? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. How many of you think it'd be pretty cool to know who would win the Super Bowl or the World Series next year? Wouldn't that be kind of cool? You got all your friends. They say, man, who do you think is going to win? I don't think. I know. (laughs) That'd be cool. But God knows. And that's why we need to listen to God. That's why when we make a choice, are we going to listen to God, or are we going to listen to our personal intellect, it's so smart to listen to God over listening and being driven by our personal intellect, because God knows more than we do. Did you know God knows more than you? How many of you knew that? Raise your hand. How many of you knew that God knows more than you do? Raise it high. I want to see your hands. If you really believe that, raise your hand. Now put your hands down. Then how come sometimes you don't obey Him? That's just a question. Why? Why? If you all agree that God knows more than you do and that he commands us to do and not do some things that are for our own good, why is it that we don't listen to him? Anybody have an answer? Anybody have an idea? Why not? What do you think right here in the blue? Because we don't choose to. Because we're rebellious sometimes. Because sometimes we want to do our own thing. And sometimes we want to go and follow our own intellect. And can I say this? If you're the type of teenager that allows your own personal intellect to drive every decision of your life, you are destined for destruction. I have so many friends that I grew up with that, you know what, decided they were going to do their own thing. They said, I don't need to listen to God. I don't need to listen to his word. I don't need to listen to his plans. I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm going to just say this, I have seen life after life after life and person after person and guy after guy, girl after girl, destroy their life because they thought they knew better than God. Whenever you choose to disregard the Bible and disregard the word of God so you can go in your own direction, guess what? You are destined for failure. You see, there are some young teenagers and they think that God's just trying to control their life. They think, oh, God's just trying to make my life miserable. If I do what the Bible tells me to do, I'll I'll, I'll never have any fun. My life will be so boring. (laughs) How many of you know a a teenager that thinks that? That if they do what the Bible tells them to do, their life would be boring and miserable and awful? Any of you know somebody like that? And Put your hands down. Don't raise your hand. But any of you ever have thoughts like that? Don't raise your hand. Can I say this? You need to come to a place where you trust God's thinking more than you even trust your own thinking because God is smarter than you. God is smarter than me. God is smarter than Brother Skelly. God is smarter than Brother Chapel. Can I say this? God is smarter than all of us and we need to come to a place where we trust Him Fully, are you trusting God? Are you being driven by the word of God or are you being driven by your own personal logic, your own personal intellect and your own personal thinking? What drives you? If you're always being driven by what makes sense to you, can I say this? You're destined for destruction. What drives your life? You see the power of the messenger. He's omnipotent. That means he knows everything. He's omniscient. That means he's all-powerful. He's also, this is another another really cool word. You'll like this one. He's omnipresent. How many of you know what that means, omnipresent? Yeah, that's a pretty cool word. I, I just like saying it. Omnipresent. Sounds pretty neat, doesn't it? It means he can be everywhere at once. And I want to remind you of this. Our God is so wise, and you can trust him secondly i want to say this not only did noah listen to god's word when it didn't make any sense but this may be even more important number two if you're going to write down if you're just writing down a couple statements write this one down number two first noah listened to god's word when it didn't make any sense he listened but i want to say this secondly not only did he listen but noah obeyed god's will so first he listened to god's word but then he obeyed God's will when it didn't make any sense. Notice what it says here in verse number 23. I want you to see it. Verse 22, I'm sorry, of chapter number 6. Thus did Noah. Thus did Noah. How many of you, how many of you have come to a place in your life where you say, don't raise your hands, but you allow God to, to lead and to guide and to dictate your life you say wait a second nobody's going to control me nobody's going to tell me what to do i'm going to do my own thing i'm going to live my own way can i say this you're destined for destruction if you do that you're going to find one day in five ten years that your life literally is broken down on the highway of life because you thought you could drive your own life rather than letting god and his word drive your life guys who's going to drive you Who's going to control you? Who's going to lead you? Who's going to motivate you? Is it going to be your friends? Yes or no? Let me know. Are you going to let your friends dictate your life? Yes or no? No. Let me ask you this. How many of you are going to let your own personal intellect, your own logic, be the ultimate driving force in your life? How many are you going to allow, are you going to allow yourself to drive your life? Yes or no? You see, right here, we see that Noah obeyed God. Can I say this? There's a big difference between listening to God and obeying God. I I look around right now, and I want to say most of you, 99% of you, are doing really good at listening right now. You're listening to the Word of God. That's a good thing. But the question is are you going to obey God? How many of you have ever heard something? You've ever read the Bible? And you've obeyed what the Bible said. How many of you have ever done that before? You've obeyed the Bible once. Raise your hand. Hopefully all of you can at least say I've obeyed the Bible once. All right. Okay, some of you couldn't raise your hand. So we've got some people who have never obeyed God. And we'll talk, you know. Uh, how many of you, and let's just be honest, I'll raise my hand. How many of you have ever saw something from the Bible and disobeyed it? Have you ever, how many of you have ever done that? I'll raise my hand because I have. You've disobeyed some things. What would have happened to Noah if he wouldn't have obeyed? What would have happened to him? He would have died. Can I say this? You know what's going to happen to you if you continually choose to disobey? Your life is going to head for destruction. And I'm not trying to scare you. And I'm not trying to, you know, make you think that God just hates you. This is not about God's love for you. God adores you. God loves you. God's for you. But guys, if you think I'm going to control my own life and I'm going to do what I feel like doing and I'm going to allow friends to drive me and I'm going to allow intellect to drive me and I'm going to let my feelings drive my life, mark it down, you're destined for destruction. Because the Bible says that life is found in Christ. That life is found in obeying the word of God. Can I ask you this question? What would keep you from obeying the word of God? Why do you find it so hard sometimes to obey God? Why is it that you're always trying to disobey parents and disobey the Bible and disobey God? Do you realize that you're hurting yourself when you do that? God loves you and God wants the best for you. But it takes some people who will say, I'm not just going to listen, but I'm also going to obey. I heard the story, and this happened many years ago, but there was an old Japanese man and he was taking a little cart of fruits and vegetables and he was making his way toward the big city. And as he was making his way toward the big city, the plan was that he was going to sell all of his vegetables at the market. And as he was selling, he as he was going to sell, he was going to make some money and, and he, he was going to use that money. He brought his grandson with him and as they were traveling down the road, it was several days it was going to take to get there and... And on the trip, the old man would kind of rest. And he'd lay down. And he'd kind of rest himself there on the grassy hills and under the shade tree. It would get kind of hot. But the little boy, the younger grandson, he was a little bit impatient. And he always wanted to go and he always wanted to move faster. And his grandpa said to him, hey, just relax. Be patient. Wait on me. He said, you'll live longer that way. Well, finally, they'd get back up and they'd get going for a while and And they'd come to a nice area and there'd be a bunch of flowers. And he said, let's stop here and just look at the flowers for a moment. Well, the young boy who was a grandson, he was so impatient and he just wanted to get there and sell the stuff so he could make money. He could use the money to buy things he won. And his grandfather said, just be patient. Just wait on me. You'll live longer that way. Finally, they got up going again, and this happened literally for several days, and the young man was so impatient, he just wanted to get there and and, and sell the vegetables so he could make money and go buy things that he wanted to buy, and his grandfather said, you know what, we need to wait, let's be patient, you'll live longer that way. Well, they came up over that last final hill that was going to lead into the big city there in Japan, and all of a sudden, they saw nothing but a giant mushroom cloud proceeding into the sky. You see, it was that city that they had dropped the atomic bomb onto. And if that young man and his grandpa would have been rushing to that location, they would have died. You see, that young boy was willing to listen to his grandfather. He was willing to listen to that one in authority over him. And because of it, he lived longer. And I want to remind you today, if you'll listen and you will obey your heavenly father, guess what? It's going to spare you from some hurt in your life. Some of you need to make the decision today, you know what, I'm going to follow God no matter what. I'm going to obey God's word no matter what. Whether I understand it or whether I don't, I'm going to obey it. Just like Noah, he had to make a decision. He was going to obey even when it didn't make sense. Are you willing to obey God when it doesn't make any sense? Are you? You see here, he, oh, number one, he listened to God's word when it didn't make sense. And then we saw, secondly, he obeyed God's word when it didn't make any sense. He obeyed God's will. Oh, that we would be some young people that would obey God's word. And then lastly, if you're writing down a sentence, if you're writing it down, I want you to write this last thing down. He continued in God's work when it didn't make any sense. He continued in God's work when it didn't make sense. See, some of you, here's what's going to happen. Are you ready for this? Are you listening? Some of you are going to make some decisions this week. And you're going to say, I'm going to listen to God. And I'm going to obey God. And what's going to happen is you're going to go home. And in a week or two, you're, gonna, you're not going to continue. You'll do it for a little while, you'll, you'll do right for a little while, you'll obey God's word for a little while, and maybe for a day, or two days, or three days, or maybe five days, or two weeks, you'll obey God. But here's what it's going to take, if you are going to, if you're going to get to the destination that God has for your life, you've got to mark it down, you've got to say, I am going to continue in God's work, even when it doesn't make sense. Some scholars estimate that it took Noah over a hundred years To build the ark. How many of you say that's a pretty long time? Over a hundred years to build the ark. That's a long time. You even put your hands down. But it took him over a hundred years to How many of you think that maybe Noah got a little tired over those hundred years of building that giant boat? I guarantee you he probably did. You may put your hands down. How many of you think that maybe it got a little monotonous, It got a little boring after a while, every day working on the boat? How many of you think, man, that probably got a little bit boring after a while. You put your hands down. Can I say this, but Noah didn't quit? He didn't stop when it got hard. He didn't stop when he got a little bit bored. You see, he continued in God's work even when it didn't make any sense. And here's the question I have for you. You've been listening to the word of God all week. You've listened to different preachers speak. You've listened to the word of God being opened. Last night, many of you made some decisions that you were going to be what type of Christians? Godly Christians. But the question is, what are you going to do when you get home? Are you going to go back to being an average Christian? Or are you going to continue being the type of Christian God wants you to be? What's going to drive you? See, some of you are going to get home and think, man, I don't think I can do this, being a Christian, a godly Christian. This is hard. This is difficult. That doesn't make any sense. Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to your own intellect? Your half a brain? Or are you going to listen to the omniscient, all-powerful word of God? Who's going to drive your life? Are you going to let your brain drive it? Or are you going to let God's brain drive it? Whose brain is going to drive your life? Who's going to motivate you? What's going to drive you in doing that which is right As I want to encourage you with this thought here today. I hope that each and every one of you will say, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to allow God to drive my life. See, some of you, if you're not careful, you're already allowing friends to drive your life. See, some of you, you're sitting by that girl. You're you're a guy. You're sitting by that girl. And you do whatever it takes to make that girl happy. Some of you girls, if you're not careful, you're sitting by that guy, and you know what? You don't care about what the Bible says, and you don't care about what your parents say, because all you care about is making, you know, that guy happy. That'll mess you up. Some of you, you're sitting with some of your buddies, and you're just doing whatever it is that they think is cool. And can I say this? It's good to have some friends. I'm not saying that friends are bad, but they must not become the driving force in your life. Once those friends start heading in a direction away from the word of God, you've got to sever those ties, And you need to find some friends that are living for God. You need to find some friends that will sharpen you. The Bible tells us in Proverbs that iron sharpeth iron. So a friend sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Guys, you need to hang out with friends that are encouraging you to do right. You don't need to be the type of teenager that's driven by what makes sense to yourself. You need to say, I'm going to be the type of teenager that's driven by God. Imagine just for a moment, let's say you work for a big company in New York City. Let's imagine it, okay? And the big head boss, the CEO of the entire company said, I'm going to be away for a little while. And he said, while I'm away, he said, "Uh, I want you to run the company he said while I'm gone I'm gonna write you some letters I'm gonna tell you what you should do but you are gonna run the company you and these other guys And so he makes his way off on this long trip. And while he's gone, he writes many letters. He tells you what you need to do in the company. He tells you how you need to spend and how you need to do these different things in order for the company to get bigger. And finally, after several months, he comes back. And all of a sudden, when he walks up to the big business center there, he notices that all the grass has grown up real high and there are weeds in the flower bed. Some of the windows have been knocked out. Man, it just looks dirty and it's dumpy he walks in and there's the receptionist and she's taking a nap on the front desk he walks in and he sees some of you guys and instead of working at your computers you've got the dirt football and you're throwing it across the offices playing games in the office all of a sudden he walks up to you and said wait a second i thought you were gonna read my letters and you were gonna do what my letters told you to do all of a sudden the company's no longer making money and you say oh yeah, the letters, we got those letters. We read those letters. In fact, every Sunday we would get together and we would memorize them. Man, we talk about how wonderful your letters were. And we told everybody else about your letters and how, how much wisdom there was in business and how these letters were the greatest letters in the world. And, and maybe the boss would look at you and say, but wait a second. Did you do anything in the letters? And you'd look at them and say, well, no, we didn't do them, but we read them. And what I'm afraid of is someday you're going to stand before God. And your life is going to be a disaster. There's not going to be success there. And God's going to say, but didn't you get my letter? Didn't you get my instruction manual? And you're going to say, yes, every Sunday I learned about your instruction manual. Every Sunday I memorized your instruction manual. And he's going to look you in the eyes. He's going to say, yes, you read it, but did you obey it? Did you obey it? Guys, what's going to drive your life? Are you going to let friends be the ultimate driving force in your life? Yes or no? I'm not saying friends are bad. It's good to have some good friends, but if you choose to follow them above following the word of God, you're destined for destruction. Guys, if you have to make a choice between following your intellect or following God's intellect, whose intellect are you going to follow? Whose intellect are you going to follow? Are you going to follow God's or are you going to follow yours? Talk to me for a second. God's. Guys, what's going to drive your life? Because what drives you will dictate where you end up. You allow friends to drive your life, it's going to take you somewhere. And you may not like it. You will let your own intellect drive your life and it's going to take you somewhere. And can I say this? You may not like it. But what I'm saying is this, that you're going to have to come to a place where you allow God's word to be the ultimate driving force in your life. Are you going to let God control even when it doesn't make sense? Yes or no? That doesn't sound very convincing. Are you going to let God control your life even when it doesn't make sense? Yes or no? Yeah. Now it's going to be hard. But I think you'll find like Noah, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.